When you stop and think about all that's going on here in the good old USA today, you might think that there are only two sides to every story. With over 327 million citizens, there are actually many more sides to our American story. On this program, I provide you with a different point of view, mine. This is The Truth Hurts, a program where I exercise my First Amendment right to free speech by providing you with information. Hopefully, you will absorb this knowledge, stop, and actually think about the issues, the facts, and the general state of our American story. I'm Steve Z, and this is The Truth Hurts Program. Well, good morning, everyone. It is Thursday, August 20th, 2020. Welcome back to the Truth Hurts program. I'm your host, Steve Z. As I said, it is Thursday, August 20th, 2020. So first of all, a very happy heavenly birthday to my recently departed oldest son, Jonathan Taylor Z. John would have been 31 years old today. I remember standing in the delivery room 31 years ago and seeing the miracle of his birth. I remember it like it was yesterday. Happy birthday in heaven, son. I miss you dearly. The sting of losing a child is quite painful, yet the world keeps spinning. And that, my friends, is another truth that hurts. Okay, I'm finished vomiting, and I think I might just be okay. The retching gut-wrenching disgust I was feeling while watching excerpts of the Democrat National Convention has finally passed, for the moment. I'm sure I'll see excerpts of the stupid convention on television news for the rest of the week. I was truly wondering if I was going to make it through all of the lies, the false accusations, the allegations, the fake stories, and the obvious ignoring of two basic facts. Number one, Joe Biden is a senile old man who cannot remember anything without it being on a teleprompter. And two, Donald Trump has been a good leader who brought this country to new highs before the Democrat-led farce of COVID-19 put a monkey wrench into the works. Those two facts alone should be enough to encourage every single American with an ounce of common sense to at least consider the consequences of electing gropey Joe Biden to the White House in November. Watching the pandering to a 13% minority population with comments like, I chose Kamala Harris because I want the administration to look like America, is fraught with fallacy. Because if they truly wanted anything to look like America, demographically speaking, there would be 65 white people 16 Hispanic people, 13 black people, five Asian people, and one Native American Indian person in every company, every government agency. That would be a fair representation of the American population. Instead, in an effort to pander to the 13% destructive minority, they place a black person at the head of every government agency, so as not to offend the 13%. Cities put black people in charge of virtually every department, every agency, even when there are more highly qualified whites, Asians, and Hispanics, among others, available for the task. You can't turn on a television show without seeing a black police captain or chief 
or mayor or head of some agency. Whites have been relegated to the back of the bus, pun intended. And they do so under the threat of retaliation by the 13%. It's like that scene in the original Star Wars movie where R2-D2 is playing chess with Chewbacca, the big hairy monkey creature. R2-D2 makes a valid move. The Wookiee gets upset and growls. It seems to be the way America has turned. The wussification of America. The pussification of America. Blacks demand this and that, and America simply lets them have it because not letting them get away with what they want to get away with might result in having the arms of the nation ripped off like a Wookiee. Bullying 101. Looting? Let them have it. Murder? Let them have it. Drugs? Let them have it. Hostile takeover of the nation by a minority? Let them have it. Do you see a pattern? Democrat asshat after Democrat asshat after Democrat asshat they paraded them across the television screen, talking about Joe as if he were some kind of god. Joe's going to do this for you. Joe's going to do that for you. They didn't mention that Joe's going to raise your taxes. They didn't mention that Joe can't remember what state he is standing in from day to day or whether he's running for Senate or President. You see, gropey Joe Biden has been in politics for over 47 years. 47 years. And what the hell has Joe Biden accomplished in his decades in office? Not a damn thing. Not a single good thing has come out of Joe Biden's five decades in politics. It was Joe Biden who participated in the longest filibuster in American history to oppose the civil rights movement. You heard me correctly. He was against giving civil rights to black people when he was a U.S. congressperson. Yet the black community is swooning over Gropey Joe because they are, as a group, either too stupid or too ignorant or too blind to realize what a hypocritical, racist pig Joe Biden actually is. Hair-sniffing, little girl-groping piece of garbage. They, the black community as a group, are either too blind or too stupid or too ignorant to see what Donald Trump actually did for the black community in his first three and a half years in office. They are, as a group, too sheep-like to have minds of their own, and they follow blindly the Pied Pipers that have made their living being black racists. Barack Hussein Obama went on the screen during the convention and said that he has been in the Oval Office with both Biden and Trump, and he, in his own blind ignorance, thinks that the senile Alzheimer's patient that gropes little girls and uses your tax dollars to extort foreign leaders is a better candidate than the man who led the nation to its highest economic levels in decades, 
a man who brought black unemployment to the lowest levels in history and who brought back manufacturing jobs that Obama chased away during his eight years with gropey Joe Biden in the White House. Yes, the endless parade of people who trashed and bashed Joe Biden less than a year ago at the Democrat debates, those who called his memory into question, those who reminded the American people about what a racist Joe Biden actually is, had the audacity to go on screen one by one praising gropey Joe Biden. I guess they're all seeking a position of power in the new Biden-Harris administration. Actually, I think the convention was more designed to say, to hell with gropey Joe. This convention was actually the Kamala Harris, I'm not really an actual African-American show. We all know that it won't be long after the election, if gropey Joe wins, that Kamala Harris will find a way to dispose of the old senile white guy and take her not-so-rightful place as the replacement minority president. And that would make naughty, nasty Nancy Pelosi your new vice president. The DNC, not dilation and curatage, you know, that abortion procedure they so love. The DNC, the Democrat National Convention, is over. But the media will continue to play excerpts of heroes like Barack Hussein Obama, of heroes like Focahontas herself, and Naughty Nancy, and let's not forget Hillary Clinton. That's right, I said Hillary with a K. It's her MO after all. And the media will hide Joe Biden from the cameras until November. Don't count on a debate between Biden and Trump. They'll use their trumped up, pardon the pun, they'll use their trumped up coronavirus to keep Joe Biden from debating Trump, even though we have technology which would allow the two to stand 20 feet apart and do a debate on camera. But they, the Democrat Party, are scared to freaking death of having Joe Biden have to stand and answer a question live without his Obama teleprompter to give him the answers. The Republican National Convention begins in four short days, and I can promise you that the media will not cover it nearly as much, and they will twist every statement, fact-check every word and phrase, and work diligently to make every speaker at the Republican Convention out to be a racist, a misogynist, a bigot, a homophobe, a white supremacist, and every other ist you can think of. You won't see shining reports or smiling faces in the camera. They'll have so-called experts rebut every statement made by every speaker or every presenter, and they will lie to your face right there on the television screen and tell you that the Republicans are trying to screw you, the American people. What a crappy nation we have become. Jonathan is really in a much better place. This is the Truth Hurts program. We'll be back in a moment. Putting things into perspective and doing it with style. This is the Truth Hurts program. Here's your host, Steve Z.
What's black and round and biased as hell? How about the winged foot of a certain American tire company? Not biased as in bias ply tires, mind you, but completely and totally biased when it comes to pandering to the 13% minority and the alphabet rainbow community, and 100% biased against conservatism, morality, and American values. An unidentified employee of the Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company posted a picture that was taken at a company official presentation on what is, quote, acceptable and unacceptable workplace attire, unquote. The viral post has seen Goodyear stock plummet over 3% as charges of bias and racism and unfair tolerance of freedom of expression are divided along racial lines in the century-old company. Acceptable clothing, hats, masks, and other attire included in this presentation said that anything is acceptable which supports Black Lives Matter and any LGBTQRSTUV organizations. Listed as unacceptable attire includes anything that says Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, MAGA, or any other political slogans. The unnamed employee told a Kansas City news station, quote, if someone wants to wear a BLM shirt in here, then cool, I'm not trying to get offended about that. But at the same time, if somebody's not going to be able to wear something that is politically based, even in the farthest stretch of the imagination, that's discriminatory. If we're talking about equality, then it needs to be equality. If not, it's discrimination, unquote. President Trump responded on Twitter to call on his supporters to boycott Goodyear. Trump said that his supporters should play the same game that the radical left Democrats do. The tweet seen by hundreds of thousands directly and now millions in news stories said, quote, don't buy Goodyear tires. They announced a ban on MAGA hats. Get better tires for far less. This is what the radical left Democrats do. Two can play the same game. We have to start playing it now, unquote. Remember when the left called for a boycott of Goya Foods a few months ago after its CEO said the U.S. is truly blessed to have Trump as president? Turnabout is fair play. Goodyear, in an effort to slow their stock price decline and hopefully regain Trump's supporters, tried to pass off the original post as a non-corporate approved policy. They said in a statement that the company is, quote, committed to fostering an inclusive and respectful workplace where all of our associates can do their best in a spirit of teamwork. Their statement went on to say, As part of this commitment, we do allow our associates to express their support on racial injustice and other equity issues, but ask that they refrain from workplace expressions, verbal or otherwise, in support of political campaigning for any candidate or political party, as well as other similar forms of advocacy that fall outside the scope of equity issues." Unquote. In other words, they don't want you to say, make America great again. The multinational company said in a statement on Wednesday that the visual in question was not created or distributed by Goodyear Corporate, nor was it part of a diversity training. To be clear on our longstanding corporate policy, Goodyear has zero tolerance for any forms of harassment or discrimination. 
To enable a workplace environment free of those, we ask that associates refrain from workplace expressions in support of political campaigning for any candidate or political party, as well as similar forms of advocacy that fall outside the scope of racial justice and equity issues. White House Press Secretary Kayla McEnany was asked at a media briefing on Wednesday about the president's urging of a boycott of Goodyear that could potentially jeopardize jobs when most companies ban political speech. McEnany responded, Goodyear needs to come out and clarify their policy. What was clearly targeted was a certain ideology. The reason he called for the boycott was over MAGA, she said. In Chicago, murders and shootings reported in July increased by 139% over the same month in 2019. 139% increase in murders and shootings in July 2020 versus July 2019. Hell of a job there, Miss Lori Lightfoot. 105 murders in July 2020 versus 44 murders in July 2019 in a city with the most strict and stringent gun laws on the books. You must be so proud. Shootings alone increased by 75% in a year-to-year comparison of the month of July. That's just July versus July. This year versus last year. Overall, the Chicago murder rate is up 51% for the first six months of 2020. You know, since COVID began versus the first six months of 2019, when Trump had the economy rolling and had minorities working instead of shooting each other. Shooting victims numbered 573, with 58 of those being children. July 21st saw something you didn't even hear about on CNN, HLN, MSNBC, CBS, NBC, ABC. None of the mainstream media reported A mass mass shooting shooting in Chicago, a gun-free city. What? A mass mass shooting? shooting. Where were the cameras? Where were the protests, the marches? Where was Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton? Where was Barack Obama? A A mass mass shooting shooting. in a Democrat-run gun-free city. 15 people were shot. That's a mass shooting. 15 people were shot outside a funeral home on Chicago's South Side, and the media was silent. Was it because it was a bunch of black criminals shooting at a bunch of other black criminals at the funeral of another black criminal? Hmm, yes, it was. On the 4th of July weekend alone, 79 people were shot with 15 people killed in Chicago. In one weekend, no major media coverage. Why? Why, it doesn't fit their narrative, that's why. Those black lives did not matter. Why? Because they were killed by other black lives, not by white cops. So those black lives simply don't matter to the media, to the Democrats, to the mayor. What the media in Chicago was quick to point out, however, in multiple reports during this same period of time where the mass murder rate has increased by 139%, what they were quick to point out was there were 20 
police misconduct allegation complaints made against cops who handled protesters who happened to be destroying public property while toppling over two statues of Christopher Columbus. Defund the police? Sure, I suggest we defund the police completely in Chicago and let the animals kill each other off. Chicago, the windy city, a gun-free zone, a black Democrat-run city. What a freaking joke. Speaking of black Democrat-run cities, Mayor Muriel Bow Wow Bowser runs the city in which our nation's capital resides, the District of Columbia. With a crime rate of 54 per 1,000 residents, Washington, D.C. has one of the highest crime rates in America compared to all communities of all sizes, from the smallest towns to the very largest cities. Your chance of becoming a victim of either a violent or property crime here is one in 19. So I want you to think for just a moment. Think of 19 people that you know with you being one of them. So let's say it's you, your spouse, your mom, your dad, your spouse's mom and dad. Let's say one, two, three, four, five, six brothers and sisters and three close friends. That's 19 people. One of you will be a victim of either a violent crime or a property crime in the District of Columbia, according to their own police statistics. Another gun-free zone, Ms. Bauer blames none other than Donald Trump for her city's woes. Even though Trump has only been in office for less than four years, and Washington, D.C. has been an absolute shithole for decades. Crime was rampant in D.C. under Biden and Obama. I was working in Washington, D.C. during the Biden and Obama years. Before Donald Trump, I was working in D.C. and watched the news every single night and saw the rampant, violent crime, the property damage, the wild animals riding four-wheelers down the interstates at 60 miles an hour, and not a bad word was said about President Barack Hussein Obama, or his vice president, sleepy, creepy, gropey, mopey, dopey, Joe Biden. Since we're on the subject of crappy cities run by Democrats, let's talk about Houston, Texas. Their mayor, Sylvester Turner, has taken a once great city and turned it into a pit of corruption. The homeless population overrunning the city? Check. Infrastructure crumbling? Check. Massive corruption in government? Check. Political pandering for votes? Check. Taxes going up? Up, up, up? Check. Social programs bankrupting the city? Check. Welcome to Houston, y'all! Then there's New Orleans. Democrat run for over 60 years, the once acclaimed jewel of the South. The city that care forgot has become the city that forgot to care. It has become a decaying joke of the South, a cesspool, as Democrat crook mayor after Democrat crook mayor after Democrat crook mayor fleece the public and private sectors for their own personal gain. Many end up indicted or jailed 
after continuing to run that city into the ground. Crime has been at all-time highs for years as the infrastructure crumbles and dead bodies decay in poorly constructed hotel sites. Corruption abounds with bribery, fraud, and theft being committed from the streets to the mayor's office. And they keep electing Democrats. Democrats who promise hope and change, but deliver the same plate of crap year after year after miserable year. What do you call a city that's run by very liberal Democrats, has a population density of 95% white, and turn their city over to a black anarchist organization? Seattle? Check. Portland? Check. Seeing these two once great cities go the way of the dinosaur must be a terrible thing to observe, don't you think? Yes, you can name this scenario in just about any Democrat-run city. Look at the history of what happens when you turn over a city to a non-working minority group of takers with nobody left to put into the pot. There's no money left to fund all of the phony social programs and handouts and giveaways and welfare programs to those who only know how to take, take, take. And they keep re-electing the same people to run these cities. And now... They want the same people to run the United States of America. Wake up, people. The sheeple who have been lied to by Democrats since the 1960s, that 13% minority, will likely fall for the crap once again. And when things don't work out, because they can't work out under that type of administration, they'll turn to the Democrat playbook and try to blame Donald Trump. What a shame. You're listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Thanks for listening. Whether I'm out in the boat or on the track bike or the street cruiser motorcycle, camping in the RV or out at the shooting range, the golf course, here in the studio, or just riding around in my pickup truck, you can count on one thing. I'm armed and I'm ready. Carrying concealed means I have the peace of mind knowing that I'm protected wherever I go and wherever I stay. Carrying concealed means I don't have to show off what I'm packing, but my family, my friends, and I all feel more at ease knowing that if the need arises, I am prepared. It's legal, and it's easy to apply for your concealed carry permit. Simply go online and search for your state's concealed carry requirements. Take the class, take the training, get the permit. You'll be glad you did. Concealed Carry. It's the best way for you to enjoy all the benefits of the Second Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. The First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution is responsible for this public service message about your rights under the Second Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Finally, someone is saying what we have all been thinking. Steve Z, telling it like it is. Sometimes it's hard to find a balance when you're doing a program, especially when the program is geared 90% towards politics and conservative views. But sometimes you have to take a break from politics, right? 
because the world is more than just politics, even though those in the media and those in politics would like you to believe otherwise. Now, those who know me are aware that I've developed a recent passion for motorcycle racing and motorsports track day events. This past weekend, at the urging of everyone in my family, many of my colleagues, several of my listeners, I participated in a motorsports track day event at the NCM Motorsports Park in Bowling Green, Kentucky. That's the National Corvette Museum's official park, the test track for the new Corvette. And I can only describe this place as motorcycle heaven. 2.7 miles of professional, paved, smooth racetrack complete with elevation changes, twists and turns, and high-speed straightaways. Geared up in full race leather with boots and gloves and helmet and track bikes, I experienced motorcycle track racing at its very finest. During my short time in this motorsport, I've had the pleasure of working with not only my daughter and her boyfriend, an accomplished rider in his own right, and fast as hell by the way, I've also had the privilege of working with TDW Motorsports and Track Day Winter events at both the NCM track in Kentucky and at the NOLA Motorsports Park in Avondale, Louisiana. A very nice man named John Cook runs the TDW Motorsports organization, and it is growing by leaps and bounds. John just inked a three-year deal to run all motorsports bike operations at the NOLA Park in Avondale, Louisiana, which is just outside of New Orleans, and rumor has it he's in the final stages of buying WIRA, the National Motorcycle Racing Organization. In addition to knowing John Cook, who is a hell of a guy in his own right, I've had the pleasure of meeting MotoGP Sports top 10 finisher and professional racer, Max Flinders, who is an incredible motorcycle rider and a hell of a nice guy. This past weekend at the NCM Motorsports Park, I had the pleasure also of meeting a nice young man who is going to likely become a household name in the motorcycle racing community and an international champion. Gabriel De Silva was the most polite, respectful teenager I've met in quite some time. Humble and willing to share his riding secrets with anyone who asked, I watched this kid tear up the NCM Motorsports racetrack with a record track time, riding with a bunch of non-professional riders on the track. A track record time on an older 600cc motorcycle, and this kid set the track record for motorcycles at the NCM track. He and his very supportive father were assigned the RV spot next to mine, and they were the nicest people you will ever meet. Humble, respectful, happy, doing what a father and a son should be doing, enjoying a sport, a hobby, a lifestyle together. The TDW Motorsports Organization presented Gabriel Da Silva with a brand new Yamaha R6 motorcycle as they forged a new sponsorship agreement with this young man, for whom I have a feeling we will be seeing and hearing quite a lot about in the very near future. Congratulations to Max Flinders on his recent Road Atlanta Top 10 finish, and to Gabriel Da Silva on the new relationship with all of us at TDW Motorsports. I look forward to riding on the same track with you in the near future, in a different class, of course, a much slower class. This is the Truth Hurts program, background music presented by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. 
We'll see you next time. You are listening to the Truth Hurts program. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Here's your host, Steve Z. This is the Truth Hurts program, and it is produced on the Anchor.fm podcasting app. If you're interested in starting your own podcast, check into Anchor FM, a complete podcasting service. All of the background music and editing qualities in the software program make it so easy that I'm doing today's program from my cell phone. Of course, sometimes I use the studio, but today I'm using the cell phone and it seems to sound almost as good as the studio. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast on whatever topic, it doesn't have to be religion or politics or racism. It can be your favorite hobby. It can be a podcast about raising your children or pets or hobbies, fishing, hunting, motorcycle riding, boating, camping can all be done using the anchor.fm podcast programming app. You can download it right on your cell phone and do a podcast from the front seat of your car. But please obey all traffic laws and don't use your phone while driving. Anchor FM, the best way to podcast. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Hopefully, we've provided you with engaging, enlightening, and educational information that will allow you to make informed decisions. I know you may not necessarily agree with everything I say, but that's okay in America. The right to express your opinion is guaranteed in the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Just as I respect your right to your opinion, I expect you to respect my right to my opinion. That's how it works. When all is said and done, usually more is said than is ever done. So if you are actually going to go out and do something today, please make it a worthwhile endeavor. Until next time, this is the Truth Hurts Program.